You know, in our rush to talk about the holes in his game, we've seemed to forgot one simple fact, and me included. Jackson Dart's a pretty good player. We'll show our work, we'll tell you exactly what's going on, and we'll tell you why to be optimistic about what he can do in the fall. This is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast Extra. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe there if you don't mind. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. All right. So, in our rush, essentially, to talk about the holes in Jackson Dark's game, and me included on that one, because I'm fixated on that middle-of-the-field issue, as, as are many of the fan base that is watching Jackson Dart as, you know, as he progresses. But one thing that that has done is clouded the stuff that he actually is pretty good at. And we're going we're gonna to take this video to talk about that a little bit as well. Then I'm going to put up the zones to start out with. Everybody's seen that. I put those up all the time. And we always focus on those middle two zones. Those are the two areas that we talk about how Jackson Dart needs to improve. But one thing that isn't really noticed there is look at his deep balls on the outside the numbers. 128 NFL passing rating. 126 NFL passing rating. Outside the numbers, 97.2. Nearly 90 on the other side. This is over 10 yards downfield. And then you look at him within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. 136 passing rating. 112 passer rating. 98 passer rating. You can see that essentially his passing zones chart makes a U. So there's actually a really small area that he needs to improve on. But all the others he does pretty well. And we saw in the spring game, we've seen um, during the course of the season in 2022, he likes to use that area of the field. He's comfortable doing that. But we, whenever we harp on these middle-of-the-field issues and everything, it's just because that's the singular area that he needs to get a little bit better at. And getting players like Michael Trigg more up to speed, Caden Priestcourt, a middle-of-the-field monster, Zachary Franklin and Trey Harris are both contested catch monsters as well. That is something that everybody needs to pay attention to with Jackson Dart. This is another reason I do think this offense has a chance to be explosive this year. If you just look at what he was good at last year, and he just improves, take those passer ratings from 60 up to 80 in the middle of the field, and you're talking about an offense that's averaging over 40 points a game because of the weapons they have um, on their offense. So let's drill down a little bit on that as well. Okay. This is his passing concept stats from PFF, right? And we're going to go over this whole list and talk about that. His play action, um, his no play action screen and no screen. That's what they go by. Completion percentage, whenever it's a play action, is close to 64%. That is very good. He's 16-9. and um, TDs to interception. He threw for over 2,000 yards. NFL passing rating or his grades, I guess that's a 100-point scale, up in the 80s for most of them. His, his scrambling was pretty good as well. His screens were solid. He did have a couple of drops, but, I mean, that happens from time to time. And his no screen, whenever he had to drop back essentially on third down. These, this would be long yardage 
type passes with the way Ole Miss runs their offense, his completion percentage was still up close to 50, up to 60%, 16 TDs, 10 interceptions. I mean, the interceptions have to go down, and that's what we're going to talk about. But we're not in a situation to where Jackson Dart, he doesn't have to go that far. He doesn't have to do things that is really any different than what he did last year. He just has to be more efficient in certain areas of the field. He threw five picks in that zone that was our problem zone that we have talked about. Now, BTT, that's big-time throws. He had 9.2 off play action, no play action, 2.4. Now, that's something that we probably need to pay attention to is adjusted completion percentage based on drops and things like that. Up at over 70% off play action at 68, no play action like that. Um, his drop percentage was about 6%, 7%, somewhere there, depending on where he is sitting. Now, one more thing on that one. Um, his NFL passer rating, you can see when he has play action, he's an over 102 rating on NFL passing. No play action, 81. He needs to get better at straight drop backing, obviously. And you can see that um, his pressure to sack percentage, and that's how many times he's pressured versus how many times he's sacked, is 10%. So if he's sacked, I don't know, eight times, that means he was pressured 80. That, that's kind of what that means. But you can see numbers here. We just put them up for everybody to see. We're always about showing our work, and this is an example where we show our work. We can get fixated on the things that Jackson Dart needed to do better because Honestly, after last year, I think most of the fan base could actually see him flashing and making passes and going ooh and ah. And I mean, his overpasses, over routes to Malik Heath early in the season, thing of beauty. He completed a pass against Georgia Tech um, on one of those going the other way. Fantastic. His outside the numbers stuff is really good. We saw stuff this spring to where he was really effective outside the numbers. So don't dig in too deep about our opinion or anything on Jackson Dart because we're talking about those middle two zones because I think what is happening is we see that as a way to make the complete package. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Those are areas that need to get a little bit better. And by all accounts, in the spring, he got a lot better. He turned the ball over one time over spring. 15 practices, turned over, turned it over one time. And that's impressive when you consider all the one-on-ones and all the seven-on-seven and all the team and all the stuff they do. That is impressive for a quarterback to put up numbers like that. If he can utilize Caden Priestcorn, if he can utilize Michael Trigg, because I do think Ole Miss is going to play a little 12 personnel this year. 
I think that is absolutely going to happen. If he can utilize Jordan Watkins when there's a true slot receiver in that area and get good in that to where linebackers have to worry about it because that is why we harp on it. Because I've talked about this, and you can ask my everydayers this. I absolutely do this. This offense tortures linebackers. They don't know whether to go backwards, forwards, right, or left. And false steps are created. And players like Quinshawn, that makes them even more effective than they are. That makes tight ends really effective in this offense. If we can get back to that, to what Mike, Matt Corral did in 2021, and that wasn't even a super explosive offense compared to 2020, but if we can get back to that, Jackson Dart will throw for 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns this season. Jackson Dart has just enough gunslinger in his game to where he will try to make plays downfield. Honestly, when you look at his zones, and I'll put that up one more time, you can see his completion percentage over 50 yards is below 50%, as it would be. It's over 20 yards downfield, and these are SEC cornerbacks that he's going up against. But if you take that outside left, I, I, I could see a scenario where that turns into 7 of 15. The, between the numbers, 15 for 33. Outside right, 9 for 18. Close to 50%. I expect the passing um, passer rating numbers to go up, and I want to see the interceptions go down. And if that happens, Jackson Dart's a first-round pick. I've talked about how toolsy of a player he is since last August. He has everything that you want from the quarterback position. The question is, and the question becomes of what Jackson Dart can be, and maximizing that ability is how he does in the middle of the field, and that's why we harp on it. That's why all the fan base is talking about it. Because it's a situation to where if he can, we could have a special year on our hands, especially offensively. Because if you look at his zones, he's good everywhere else. He's actually above good everywhere else. He's okay in the deep middle, but that over 10 and under 20-yard zone need to get a little bit better there and quit turning the ball over. Now, we've heard Jake Crane. Jake Crane has come on the podcast and talked about how he thinks Jackson Dart has linebacker blindness, and I, I don't know if it's that. People talk about that all the time. And the more I think about it, the more I look, I don't know if it's that. But if it, it looks like that, when you see these zones that pop up, I'll put them up again. I mean, those zones look like linebackers are a problem. But I don't think it, it's that. I think it's a comfort thing. I think that when he was in USC, at USC, and they were running the air raid, a lot of the damage was done outside the numbers to... Um, they had a, Michael Trigg was out there. His big plays were outside the numbers. They had a couple of good wide receivers. I think one's with the Falcons now um, that were outside the numbers type players. There was no inside player. There was no true tight end in that, that offense. And Jackson Dart went through a full year practicing with that offense to where most of the work happens outside. You saw earlier... Um, Last season, when they were using Michael Trigg, and it was off basically arrow routes and reverse screens to where you could get him outside. And 
that, I think, when he led to a this new offense, because when he went to USC to Ole Miss, they might have been explosive in their own ways, but it was really night and day for what he was asked to do. So he had to come to Ole Miss in February. Had to get settled in, immediately start spring practice, which we saw the end of the, that spring game, it struggled, which caused the whole fan base to start talking, Okay. Honestly, if last year's spring game would have gotten canceled, none of this would have been here now, okay? that That's just the truth because somebody takes makes a take and they defend it forever. And they think if you change your take, you're wishy-washy and that's a problem. And that's, that's not a problem. That's called changing your mind. But they carried that into the season. So every time Jackson Dart threw an interception, people got worried. Now, Bill Flowers came on the show and has been on the show many times, and he's the one that brought to my attention the middle of field thing. He did that early last season. So whenever I noticed that, it's one of those things that you cannot unsee. So whenever Jackson Dart completed a big pass over the middle of the field, like take LSU. He threw a um, an RPO route in between linebackers to Malik Keith against LSU, or maybe Jonathan Mingo. Absolutely beautiful pass. He can do it. That proves he can do it. So I don't know if it's a blindness linebacker type situation or it's just a comfort situation to where he's trying to have him to get out of his comfort zone to be a more effective throwing the ball across the middle of the field. I think that might be what's happening. So we'll see this season. The warning signs that everybody needs to look at if they're watching this is Caden Priestcorn kind of disappearing. He's just playing attached tight end or unattached tight end, and he's not really getting the ball. He'll say three catches over the course of three games. If that's happening, a similar situation is happening to last year, and maybe we need to change our conversation a little bit. But as of right now, I want to see what's going on with this. Against Mercer, he needs to force the ball across the middle of the field, in my opinion. He needs to be dominant in that area of the field because this is about building confidence before you go down to Tulane the next week, before you play Georgia Tech in week three, and before you go to Tuscaloosa in week four. Build that confidence early in the season, and if it takes off, it could really take off. It could take off like the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast, if we're being honest about it. But if it takes off, he has a chance to be really special. I'm calling for, I actually right now I'm calling for 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns this season. That that is my prediction for Jackson Dart. I think we saw some stuff later in the year that um, will be pretty important um, for Jackson Dart this year. I uh, hit Casey Kelly. Um, I don't know if it was against Arkansas or against Alabama or against Texas A&M in the end zone. No linebackers were a problem that day, and they threw he threw that into traffic and he threw a strike. So it's there. The talent is there. This is an unbelievably toolsy player. This is a more toolsy player than Matt Corral was. The difference between him and Matt Corral at this point is Matt Corral from year one to year two under Lane Kiffin became a master game manager and a really good quarterback. If Jackson Dart can take those at same step, this could be a very special year for the Ole Miss offense. And and that is the reason last week when I talked about who would start that I do think Jackson Dart will ultimately win this job. Now, 
We talked about that for a second. I do think, Jack, like I said, Jackson Dart is going to ultimately win the starting job. That's my opinion. He might not, but my opinion is he probably will. Now, who is the number two becomes the question, right? Who is the number two quarterback? And I honestly think that is going to be Walker Howard. I think Spencer Sanders is in a little bit of a flight risk, but if he hangs around, he hangs around, and there might be some packages for him. Not too many because Jackson Dart can run the ball as well, but there will be some. Now, I do think early in the season or in fall camp, if for some reason Jackson Dart falters, I think Spencer Sanders has the chance to take the job first. I think whoever wins the quarterback job, right, between um, between Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders, like I said, I think it'll be Jackson Dart, will be the number one quarterback, but the loser will be the number three quarterback if he hangs around. I think the second quarterback will be Walker Howard. I think whenever, like if we get up on Mercer by 35, 40 points in the second half, Walker Howard's the one you're going to see running into the game. That's just my opinion on that, and that's what I would do as well. Also, I think the second quarterback in in that situation might be Austin Simmons. You got four games to um, play him. I think against Mercer, he's going to get on the field. I think against Georgia Tech, he's going to get on the field. And they're going to find a way to use him throughout the year because, honestly, if we want to be real, okay, this is what Ole Miss fans need to hope for. Jackson Dart blows up, goes pro. The competition between Austin Simmons and Walker Howard starts in about a week for 2024. And they are going to be doing everything to try and make an impression to win that job, both of which are supremely talented quarterbacks. You have Walker Howard that we all saw during the spring game and everybody just salivating over him. And Austin Simmons on three compared him to Tua. Now that might just be because of the fact that he's left-handed and wears number 13. You never know with them. But the national office did compare him to Tua. It will be interesting. I think this quarterback situation has a chance to be fun. We are still going to harp on it. We're not going to let this go. And as fall camp happens, we are going to talk about the quarterback position as best we can. Period. We're going to have Bill Flowers on, who's going to judge games based off of the quarterback and how he played and what he did and things that he saw. Somebody that actually played the game at a really high level at Ole Miss. We're going to have Dalen Flowers looking in there, giving his perspective of what's going on with the football team. And we also have a couple of surprises, pre-game, post-game shows, stuff like that, that we think we have a chance to really make something this year. So it should be a lot of fun. Anyway, thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy does a fantastic job covering the conference as a whole. This weekend, I hope everybody has a good 4th of July weekend and enjoys it as well. Friday's Locked On Ole Miss podcast, we talked about how the way this NIL situation is going and these rogue boosters that are roaming around, I am in in favor of the death penalty returning to the NCAA. Got a lot of engagement on that video. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, I'm interested in all perspectives and all opinions because, as you know, this conversation is about perspectives 
and opinions. That's the reason we do these videos, so people can have opinions about them. And we can hear what their opinions are. So that is pretty great. I did want it to do today on a 4th of July weekend to talk about something positive about Jackson Dart. Because Jackson Dart is a really good quarterback. I think we, we find ourselves in the rut of immediately looking for holes and flaws and warts and things like that. But the reality is when you look at him in his overall, his totality, you can see things that he does pretty well. Ole Miss doesn't beat Texas A&M last year without Jackson Dart. Quinshawn Judkins, but without Jackson Dart as well. And over the course of the year, as it got tougher, it became almost like grad school for him to learn how to do stuff. Things are moving in a little bit faster area, better quality athletes, all of that on the other side of the field. So he had to get a little bit better incrementally. Look at it this year as the first year of him being the finished product. And he's not the finished product. He's, what, 19 years old? But I think he's going to be exceptional this year. And that's the plan. And if he's not, we'll put the other guy in, and we'll talk about it here. Anyway, thank you very much. Have a happy 4th of July. Hope everybody has a great weekend. There will be no video tomorrow. We're going to take tomorrow off and enjoy our 4th. Um, but we'll be back Monday with a new Locked On Ole Miss podcast and getting ready for SEC media days, fall camp, all of that stuff. i got to figure out what the topic's going to be for that day. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoy this video. We're going to let it marinate for the weekend and the NCAA video for the weekend, but I hope this works out for you. All right, take care. Happy 4th.